You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. It's my birthday. Um, if you're hearing this, it's not my birthday anymore. It's the day after, but we are recording this. I don't know why I said we, me. I am recording this on my birthday. So if you didn't wish me a happy birthday, um, you missed your chance. It's over. You've broken my heart. I waited for your text all day and it never came. And you single-handedly ruined my birthday, you monster. Last week, I talked about how I was feeling a little bit weird about my birthday, and lo and behold, today it's here, and I feel nothing, I feel numb, I feel dead inside. Birthdays, I just like don't, I don't know if it's getting older, I just don't feel anything on my birthdays. Is that, am I okay? I was trying to do a little soul searching and figure out Pandemic of it all aside, why am I feeling so weird about birthdays? You know, I was like, does this have anything to do with sobriety? Is it bringing up anything weird around that? Am I feeling left out? Is there a part of me that doesn't really want to celebrate because celebrations are tied to partying and drinking and whether I'm even aware of it or not? Some part of my brain still feels like in order to celebrate, you have to get drunk. Something I have done, and I've done this with you know, multiple scenarios that I've found helpful to ground myself is going, okay, so let's say yes, there's a part of me that's disappointed that it's my birthday and I can't go get wasted and quote unquote let loose. So I go through the Rolodex of my memories of my brain and I and I pick out birthdays when I was really happy or when I had so much fun. And guess what? They're almost all in childhood because shocking, right? Birthdays are more fun when you're a kid. And it's like, yeah, I wasn't drunk for any of those birthdays, and those are the ones that stick out in my brain as when I was so happy and had so much fun. So I go, okay, no, clearly drinking is not a prerequisite to enjoy my birthday, because remember my ninth birthday when we had the Who Killed Barbie mystery theme, which which was the coolest. Yeah, no, literally. My mom used to throw the craziest, coolest, like, mystery-themed birthdays. You wanted to get an invite. Like, I'm not even trying to sound like I'm hot shit. You wanted to get an invite to my birthdays in elementary school, not because you were, like, my friend, but because my mom threw the coolest, coolest mystery parties. I'm telling you, any of my friends from elementary school will tell you they were so elaborate and interesting, and we had one, I think it was third grade, and it was Who Killed Barbie? So it was like a murder mystery where they came, and Barbie had been murdered by a celebrity and we had to like figure out who did it and there were all these clues and we all had to call and get our alibis and it was just so it was really cool by the way um the person who ended up killing barbie it was britney spears because i guess there had been a britney spears barbie and britney spears was upset that barbie had stolen her face so britney spears was um the guilty party feels a little weird now huh free britney now Mm, i don't think so she murdered barbie in cold blood at my ninth birthday party, okay? Another birthday party. Maybe this is, I'm just gonna tell you guys the cool birthday parties I've had. The year after the Who Killed Barbie party theme, it was like a NASA-related one where we all were granted, everyone who was invited was granted like clearance into, you know, top level secret NASA shit. And we had these laminated badges and we had to figure out there was a comet or an asteroid coming towards Earth. And we had to as a team, as a special agent NASA 
secret agent shit team. We had to figure out how to stop it. It was funny because we were like in my backyard and I remember, I don't I, we, I don't really remember like how we figured out how to stop an asteroid coming into Earth. But I remember we were in my backyard and we like looked up. There was one of those jet streams or as Lana Del Rey would say, chemtrails over the country club. We saw it and we were like, wait a second, is it actually going to be crashing into Earth? Because this is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of pressure for an elementary school party. Um, we actually aren't in NASA. We do not know how to stop this. Hello. Hi, Mama. I'm, I'm, I'm recording my podcast. Yeah, what? What? I'm recording my podcast right now, so you're on it right now. No, just I have a quick question. I have a quick question for you. Do you remember the NASA-themed birthday party? Like, I know we were trying to stop a comet from, like, hitting Earth. How did we stop that? Yeah. Like, how, like what was the conclusion of that? Like, how did we, how did we keep that from happening? Um, I think we were able to do something with, like, lots of different calculations where we are supposed to, I think we were able to change its, um, its uh, direction, you know, yeah. The, um, what's the word I was looking for? Very advanced the for trajectory. what year was that? Was that like fifth, fifth grade? To change the trajectory of the comet so that it kept from hitting Earth. Very advanced. I I'd have to go back and look. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Right. Bye. And then the birthday year after the NASA one, it was a Buffy-themed birthday party, which was very exciting because it was around the time when Buffy became very important to me. I uh, Spike was a huge part of my sexual awakening. Um, you know, I saw that I saw that man and I said, "Ooh, buddy, hormones. They're making me feel things." And so were his cheekbones. The theme of that birthday is that everyone who had been invited, we were all potential slayers and we were all going through a training to become the chosen ones that we were meant to be the slayers. Um cuz spoiler alert, in the final and seventh season of Buffy, Buffy trains a bunch of potential slayers. They're all the chosen ones. No longer does only she have the power. She, They all have the power. It's beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. So we went through this training. We had, like, combat training. We were, like, all working out and, you know, becoming the, our best slayer selves. And then at one point, we went into my backyard. This was around nighttime because all of these birthday parties, they would the, f- the first half would be a mystery that we had to solve or some sort of theme and then they would be a sleepover and so when it was nighttime we went into my backyard and we had to like find a vampire head and we go and I remember we like lifted up this I don't know what it was a rock or we lifted up something and underneath it it was like obviously my mom had purchased this head from like a Halloween store and then made it look all like it had been decaying and it was like ooh, it was like pretty nasty and we were all like freaking out we were all like oh my god we found the vampire head we found the vampire head and then i feel like we had to go to like my neighbor's house and she was dressed up as a witch and we had to get like ingredients for a spell i don't know there was a lot of fun stuff my birthdays were amazing (laughs) you know and again it's like all of that fun all of that imagination all of that all of those incredible memories i have alcohol had no part in any of them The funny thing is I didn't even drink until I was legally allowed to. I think I may have talked about this on a previous podcast, but I was not a teenager that got drunk. I was not a teenager that partied. I was too nervous and afraid of 
all of it. So I didn't drink until I was legally allowed to go into bars. And even on my 21st birthday, which fell on the night of the Oscars, I was in film school at UCLA. So it was a big deal because we were all these like, you know, film school kids. We had an Oscar themed 21st birthday party for me. Everyone had to come dressed up as if they were going to the Oscars. It was very, very fun. People were plowing me with shots and like giving me like glasses of Andre or whatever. And I was just so still so paranoid and still so uncomfortable that I would take a shot, pretend to swallow it, and then spit it into my chaser cup. I took many shots that night and mm, surprisingly remained sober. But because ever the actress, ever the performer, you know, I had to fit the part. So I just pretended to get drunk. That was a move I sometimes pulled in college when I wanted to be in control but also sort of blend into my surroundings, you know? Now, by my 22nd birthday, I had gotten over any fear of getting drunk, and I was wasted in a bar in West Hollywood, made out with a stranger. Ah, oh, those days seemed like so long ago when we could kiss strangers and we didn't think we would get a deadly virus and die. I also think there is something about birthdays that makes me very aware of the fact that I don't have a large group of friends. <laughs> If I could throw a huge birthday party rager and just, you know, invite anyone, COVID be damned, I wouldn't have that many people to invite. <laughs> Some people just have a huge group of friends and they just always have had them. Like, you know, I had, yeah, I had my group of friends in elementary school and middle school and high school, but that didn't continue on for me. Some people, they have this big group of friends forever. And I think that's really amazing. And I, I, I have a lot of jealousy about it, actually. You know, I've definitely had friendships that have remained constant my whole life. Brianna, um, my best friend, we became friends at like four years old. So, which is so, so crazy. She's the only person out of my friends that has seen every version of me. I've also had a lot of really important, strong friendships fade over time. And I've ghosted people. People have ghosted me. Friendships are something I made a big point when I got sober. I was like, I'm going to be really meaningful in my friendships because I have sometimes been careless and friendships are so important and I need to make sure I nurture these relationships and I show up for people and I show up for myself um, because they matter, you know? And I, I got to a point, especially with drinking, where I was like, wow, I've lost a lot of really important people to me because of my behavior, because I was isolating, because I just didn't show up and I wasn't a good friend, quite frankly. You know, I've been sober now for about a year and a half and the people who are in my life right now are so important to me and I really hope they know that and that I sh am showing that because it's not an excuse. I'm still I mean, responsible for my behavior, but when your addiction kind of like takes the, the center spotlight, a lot of other things fall through the cracks and a lot of other things um, are hurt and, and, you know, you just don't show up. I was like just choosing to isolate and be alone. And I didn't, I wasn't asking my friends how they were doing. I wasn't, you know, wanting to get together. I just wanted to be like alone and drink. But then again, it's like, don't we all have something, you know? Don't we all have something that could make us a bad friend or selfish or self-involved? You know, I don't want to blame the fact that I was struggling with drinking as the reason I was a bad friend. Like, yeah, it contributed to it, but it wasn't the sole reason. I don't know, man. Birthdays, 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 birthdays. There's just a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure to have fun. There's a lot of pressure to have a large group of friends, like I was saying. It's kind of how I feel about certain holidays, like New Year's. 
I hate New Year's. I mean, maybe that's because, again, I am sober now, so the idea of, like, kind of a drunken holiday isn't super attractive to me. I just hate anything where there's a built-in expectation that you have to have a good time, because <laughs> I'm like, what if I don't have a good time? I don't want to feel pressured. But you know what? I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be healthy. I'm happy to be sober, so honestly birthday is off to a pretty good start. I am eventually going to make these episodes longer. I am going to have some guests coming on. For now, I'm still warming up to it, guys. I'm still dipping my toes in, and um, the episodes are short because it's kind of hard to talk to yourself for a long time. I thought I would be, I thought I would be able to just talk for hours and hours. No, it's kind of hard. Who knew? It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of sin. Well, my pink cloud is kind of a rumor, but it rumors sometimes are real. There is a potential, the OC revival reboot, I don't know what they're calling it, in the works with HBO Max. And for those who don't know, I fucking love the OC. Adam Brody, aka Seth Cohen, my ideal man, literally the prototype for the man I want, the reason I will never find love and be fulfilled because he's a fictional character and I'm waiting for him. Apparently there is some kind of rumblings. Now, Ben McKenzie, who played Ryan, is like not coming back. He's like, no, thank you. Uh Uh-uh, I'm done. No, the OC. Thank you very much. But if the Gossip Girl one does well, because Gossip Girl's creator is Josh Schwartz, who is the same creator as the OC, that maybe they would do the OC and maybe it would be Seth and Summer married with kids. Sometimes I'm not always, I'm not always on board with the reboots, revivals, but that, give me Daddy Cohen. Seth is now Sandy. Please. Yes, I want it. Well, thanks for tuning in for this special birthday episode, and I will see you next week, and it will be a longer episode. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it either, and I won't believe it until I see it. Okay, bye everyone. 